You're now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with my dad. You're going to love it. I appreciate you coming on with us, but uh, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find you and what you've been up to. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Most uh, importantly, that's where I live most, most of the days uh, at Troy Macker, T-R-O-Y-M-A-C-H-I-R. Um, and I'm currently the, uh, the senior content manager for Bet Rivers and uh, Rivers Sportsbook, Rustry Interactive. Um, I manage all of our social media content, digital media, uh, around our uh, sports book content and online casino uh, industry. It's a lot of fun. It's a new endeavor for me, but um, uh, that's where the industry seems to be taking uh, most of sports right now. So uh, it's a different way of looking at things. So I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Glad to hear it, man. We, uh, Eric and I were talking last week and we put out a poll through our podcast uh, Twitter handle about who the biggest villain in most in in terms of the front office for the skins has been in the last, I think we said 10 years or something like that. And we got about 800 votes on it. And 57% said Dan Snyder, 39% said Bruce Allen and the rest was Vinny Serrato, which is a small number as you can imagine. Let me ask you first, do, do you agree with that? That Snyder's, I guess the biggest villain out of the, the, the trio there. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, so Dan Snyder is like the overarching villain of the whole series. Uh, and some uh, seasons, he is the main uh, villain of that series. But then in season two, maybe he, he goes back and he has a, an underboss or, uh, you know, the season two villain is someone else. The season three villain is someone else. Uh, I think over the last three or four years, it's been Bruce Allen. Obviously, you go back a decade ago, it was, a, a, I mean, there's been no bigger buffoon in, in the uh, pro football landscape in Washington, D.C. than Vinny Serrato. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, it's Dan Snyder. He's the big boss. He's the big bad of this series. Um, and uh, I don't think any viewer fan of this show will uh, like the finale if it doesn't involve him um, not having the team anymore. Uh, and, and yet here we are. Here we are. <laughs> 100% ownership as of right now, <laughs> which... I don't think, and Eric, tell me if you're wrong, but I don't think any of us saw that as the outcome with all the recent, um, what do you want to call it, just mischief that's going on in the organization. Last year, uh, around this time, or maybe a little bit later, we heard about the scandal coming out, and there's been all this stuff over the years, and then somehow, this all ended with Dan Snyder having 100% control of the franchise. Uh, Eric, how do you think we got here? Uh, Is the NFL is very, I, they're almost like, and this is the nerds I'd be coming out, but the, the British Royal family, how the, the uh, house of Windsor is more important than anything else that happens. And in this case, it's the house of the NFL is more important. And everyone I, I think is pretty certain that uh, Daniel Snyder would be the first domino to fall, but a lot, it would get worse as they moved, uh, moved on and, you know, more, more things would be uncovered and they're just, they just decided to circle wagons and say, we got it. That's our guy. We're going to look out for him. We may not like him, but we don't want anything else to come out about this. So we're going to uh, make a really unpopular decision right now and wait for the next news cycle. So everyone will forget about it. And uh, that's, that's how they're rolling. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing to do, but up to this point for the NFL, it has approximately a 100% success rate. So uh, keep doing what you do. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was, it, Snyder's not the only owner 
that goes through things like this. We had Jim Ursay in his situation in, in Indianapolis, Robert Kraft, uh, most recently with the, mm-hmm. uh, the masseuse and things like that. But Troy, did you kind of have this picture that we did up here uh, last year when all the information came out? Or did you think we were going to be in a situation where we might actually get a new owner? Man, um, I, I, I don't think, in my personal opinion, that I, be- I believe Daniel Snyder. He said he'd never sell the team. He said he would never change the team name. And while the team name is no longer what it was, he did not change it. He, he, uh, that was a, a play. I believe that he will never sell the team. He will never choose to sell the team. Um, I think that I, I was stunned that this happened. Um, I, I thought that if there was ever a time for this to happen, given that the, the name changed and I never saw that coming, um, I figured that, all right, this is how we're rolling now. Um, this, it, it was unavoidable. There was no way he was going to, that name was going to survive 2020 and even the 2018 and 2019, to be honest, is where like our society has gone. Um, and so it's, it's fascinating to still see him here, but I'm not surprised. And as I've said, as someone who grew, I can remember where I was going to school in the morning when I heard the radio that, uh, he was buying the team. Yeah. And I've said this probably since then, I would very much like if he wasn't the owner anymore, but if you want that to happen, you cannot miss, you cannot miss, you cannot miss, you cannot miss. And over the last decade, people have taken their shots. They've tried to take them down. If you're, if you're going to come at the King, you can't miss. And people keep missing. Yeah. I, and I wonder if this doesn't just make him more Teflon now, because what are you coming after him with if this didn't work? You know, aside from something very racially motivated, like what happened with the guy in Carolina, uh, Richardson. Mm-hmm. Richardson, yes. Yeah, they ended up forcing him to sell. I don't, I don't know. And, I, and I'll be honest, like, I'm not a Dan Snyder apologist by any means, but I, I don't have the level of vitriol that a lot of people do just because I try to just focus on the field and I try to let the things play out. And my opinion was Bruce Snyder was, or Bruce Allen was the bigger villain because of the personal character assassinations that he did with the players that were on the team when they were here with Scott McLuhan, some of those things. I, I didn't like that. And Bruce Allen feels like just the, the sleaziest oil snake, you know, salesman or whatever, just, he bothers me, you know, just to even see him on TV. I'm like, Oh God, I, I need to take a shower or something, you know, that kind of guy. But I certainly understand because as people kept pointing out to me repeatedly on Twitter, none of this happens if Snyder doesn't allow it, you know, and that's where the buck stops. Yeah. It's, it's chicken or the egg. Um, but you know, it, you also look at, at the, the culture that he's created um, where you had um, you know, it's been this revolving door of quarterback, coach, coach, quarterback, quarterback, coach, and they've never been on the same page. And they've how many times, whether it wasn't like true sabotage, but the McNabb Shanahan issues, the um, Gruden RG three issues that there's never been cohesion um, from the, the people in charge under the man in charge. Um, And I think it's because under the man in charge, he puts uh, a yes man of, of, uh, to, to say and and I was I Dan, Daniel Snyder is Daniel Snyder you know uh, I we we could spend hours talking about him uh, I I tend to think that Bruce Allen was worse at his job than Daniel Snyder was at his um, because Daniel Snyder is not a 
uh, an owner you like that anyone likes, but if it's, is he good at his job? Well, the team continues to make tons of money while they are not no longer in the top five or top 10 of the most valuable uh, teams on the planet. Um, considering the fact that they have three playoff appearances in the last decade, yeah. the, the fact that they're anywhere near the top 10 is an accomplishment. Um, I think the way the, my favorite football team seasons over the past decade or the ones like this past one or the one um, Kirk Cousins year, the year they made the playoffs where there was, everyone seemed to be on the same page. They played hard. They played well. Did they make mistakes? Sure. But when like, I, I was super happy at being in and around 500. I was like, Hey, yeah. Other than the Dwayne stuff, that was, that was a bit much, but uh, anytime that it's just like, I'm here to root for football. And if you guys can get like, I don't even want, 14 and two or whatever. I haven't been conditioned to like that or to know what that is. Yeah. Just score 24 points, get it to the fourth quarter. Let's have some fun. Like that playoff game against the Buccaneers is might be the most entertaining football team game I've seen in my entire life. And they lost. And I didn't really care because it was an extra game. It was fun. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. And we haven't had it in decades. Yeah. And that's going to lead me to my next question. I'm Eric. I'm going to ask you, do you think that Ron Rivera is enough to overcome what the others couldn't hear? Yeah, I was actually leaning towards that because it all it all kind of goes back to it, it does go back to Dan Snyder in that he is the overarching Thanos, you know, Darth Sidious, uh, you know, of this of the series. And that's 100 percent true. He's the guy that's in charge. But what we've seen is that, um, well, first, he's an a-hole um, just from all the stories that I've heard and all the interactions that he tends to have, and everything that comes out about him. He seems like a world class jerk, but he is willing to listen to people that he considers worthy of his time. Um, and he's been willing, I mean, going back even to Marty Schottenheimer, he's been willing to cede control of the team to um, a person that he feels like is worthy of running it. Um, Schottenheimer, I think he was still a little too young with Marty Schottenheimer and he wasn't uh, ready to be told no with the fervor that, you know, Schottenheimer told him no. Um, but, you know, when Joe Gibbs came along, I mean, Snyder worshiped Joe Gibbs and basically gave control of the team over to Joe Gibbs, gave him that team president role. Um, once Joe Gibbs retired, um, the, you know, the Vinny Snyder clown show uh, started again. Um, he gave Vinny that control. But Vinny always reminded me of like uh, the, the dynamic between Dan Snyder and, and Vinny Serrato was like um, Mr. Burns and Smithers on The Simpsons. He's just basically like the dude who's just going to, you know, he's just there to give him give the owner what he wants. And yeah. he, you know, he got control and he was he sucked at it. And, he, you know, the owner got tired of him and got room. He brought in Mike Shanahan once again, gave him that control. The problem was he also brought in Bruce Allen at that same time. Bruce Allen, as you alluded to earlier, Ellie, is that he's a snake. And um, his last name being Allen and who his father was, uh, he had instant cred um, that even, I think, uh, outcreded uh, Mike Shanahan. And uh, he won that power struggle. And you saw that the entire time was just the, the power struggle. But, but the bottom line is Snyder felt him worthy of letting him control the team. Um, and the Snyder, the Snyder uh, Allen dynamic was more like George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, who like he just gave a guy control and the guy had unchecked power and he did not have the best interest of the team or organization at heart. He had his own self-interest and you could see that, you know, play out. So um, fast forward to today, Ron Rivera is on that level as far as uh, as far as Dan Snyder is concerned, it appears. And. I think that, yeah, Ron Rivera can fix it because I do think that Daniel Snyder's willing to step back and let Ron Rivera do his job. And, you know, in the, for the, really for the first time since Joe Gibbs, he has the right guy in charge 
um, to make the decisions. And the decisions that they've made after Ron Rivera, they're bringing in Jason Wright, bringing in Julie Donaldson. They're bringing in really good quality people to run this organization. And Daniel Snyder seems to have, I mean, it could be forced because of everything that's gone on, but he really seems like he's willing to step back. And if that can continue, yes, Ron Rivera can turn this team around. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, they made the playoffs last year. Um, you know, if they start losing and things don't start getting better on the field, you know, that, that you know, may wear out. But I do think that uh, Ron Rivera has what it takes to kind of overcome the toxic culture. You saw it last year. You know, there weren't all those leaks coming out of, of the park. There, you know, they were, there was just one unified team moving toward a goal. Um, and if they can ever figure out quarterback, um, they might be in really good shape uh, moving forward. So long story short, yes, I do think Ron Rivera is the guy that can do that. Yeah, I tend to agree um, solely because he is a football coach's football coach. I mean, he doesn't want to – he may not be the stay in your office for, you know, sleep in the office type of guy, but he doesn't care for anything but football. Um, he's not here for the power or the success of football. He's not here to win championships. He's here to coach football and to get better. And it's really, uh, you know, like Mike Shanahan was a very successful football coach who wanted to win and wanted to be in charge and not that he shouldn't, but uh, I actually had a chance to cover uh, Ron Rivera when I worked in Charlotte for three years and, and he was on the hot seat pretty much every week for his first two seasons. I mean, um, he was days away from getting fired. Uh, in the middle of the 2015 season, the same season that they went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton, um, because he he is zero frills. He he doesn't want to talk about anything other than football. Um, he's got a little Belichick to him, but he's he's more ornery a little bit. And he but he is a player's uh, coach, and he he works well with his back against the wall. And what better place to come if you are good at working with your back against the wall than Washington uh, to coach the football team? Um, and but that being said, um, they have made some right decisions in the front office. Uh, and Snyder has in the past uh, been able to acquiesce and allow people to do things maybe a way he wouldn't. Um, I thought uh, bringing in Brian LaFamina and allowing his kind of business marketing front office team, <laughs> I mean, getting rid of the wait list, all sorts of things, making food cheaper. Th that was a, a huge step in the right direction to getting people back to watch football. Um, getting people back in the stadium to watch football. Uh, he, I don't even know if he made it all 16 games. I can't remember when he was let go. It was towards the end of the season. Um, but like, it, it, you know, covering the Redskins for NBC Sports Washington, like in everyone I talked to, he was, he was the biggest addition of that entire year and he didn't make it the whole year. So it, because again, it all goes back up to the top. It's, it's this guy's team. And ultimately he, he's willing to go in other directions, but if he doesn't like it, he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, that was definitely, you brought in La Famina, but you kept Bruce Allen on board and Bruce Allen has, was, he's like Rasputin. He's going to win any power struggle and you can't get rid of him until the owner finally just chops his head off. So, it, so I completely agree with you. Yeah. La Famina, that was a disaster. And it was just, I mean, might've even been the last straw for uh, the death knell there for Bruce. Because there are, there are fans um, who will always watch the team on TV, uh, like myself. Um, I will watch every game on TV. I can't tell you the last time I've been to the stadium. Actually, I can. It was the playoff game against the Seahawks in 2012, uh, nine years ago. Um, that's what they need. And now, certainly, in the current um, state of affairs, getting fans back into the stadium is, is tough. But uh, there is such an apathy for football in this area for the team, not just enough football for the team that uh, 
I think they're slowly heading in the right direction. But I mean, we've seen this train run off the tracks uh, at a moment's notice. I mean, even the season where you think everything's going good, then there are all the bombshells, especially yeah. Gruden. And it, it's just, it's, they can never, they never seem to know how to get out of their own way. But when they can try their hardest, sometimes it's pretty good. Yeah. And La Famina came from the NFL office too. So it was like, I thought, if anybody was going to succeed here, it was going to be somebody who came directly from the NFL office. And they even got that guy out of here. And it was like, Oh no, no, <laughs> something's not right. Um, Bruce found he's very good at what he did, what he does say what you will about him. But that guy was very good at whatever it was he did to get rid of people. Cause he won every power struggle <laughs> yeah. uh, for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, and it, it doesn't help at all either that then you have um, McVay in the Super Bowl and LaFleur uh, become, you know, a hotshot coach. And then, um, there's even a name I'm forgetting who I think was in Tennessee. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Oh, gosh. Yes, of course. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, the people who have been in this building yeah. uh, have been very successful. Um, but it, and again, it, it's not that they don't have a on seasons. They haven't had good football teams, but in the NFL, as we've talked about, is this the shield. It's this, I mean, it's the biggest thing going in, in sports and pop culture. Um, it's not about just football. It's about, getting everyone to work together. So on Sundays, the, the 55 guys can do well. Uh, that is about culture. And this place has been just a cesspool of culture for the better part of three decades. Yeah. It, it'd be nice to see something different. Cause you're right for the majority of my lifetime, it's been nothing but this. And, and Snyder bought the team in 99. People do forget though, that after that Super Bowl uh, in ninety in the ninety one season that completed ninety two, the team wasn't very good between ninety two and ninety nine. So it wasn't oh, like yeah. Snyder got the team and immediately took it. It was already down. Yeah, let's let's not forget. But you just in all that time that we've had this team, you talked about it. What three playoff appearances or something like that? We've never made the playoffs back to back. And usually when we go to the playoffs, we have a five win season to follow that. It's like how do you how do you get hope as a fan? when that's what you're given. And this is why we struggle so much at the quarterback position, because we haven't really had franchise level quarterbacks here, except for you could say Kirk cousins, but they, the front office didn't know what they want to do with them. And so as a fan that leaves us just, you know, uh, fighting over third tier guys to see which of those third tier guys is the best to be our starter, which is really none because we can't get anything right here. It's, it's insanely frustrating as a fan of the team. Yeah. Yeah. With 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 quarterback situation, you're gonna have to really you're gonna have to draft one at some point and hit on one because as we saw with you know Matt Stafford earlier, like they just don't want to come here. Like Washington isn't a destination. Like there's you know he's you know Russell Wilson gives a, a list of teams that are just as bad as Washington. He, you know Washington's not on the list. Um, Sam Bradford's like yeah, don't trade me to Washington. Trade me some. I want to go somewhere not Washington. You know it's like we have, they're gonna have to draft one. It's gonna have to work out. So got to keep swinging. Yeah, and the the likelihood that any quarterback who comes here that plays four years, he will play for more than one head coach. Is that something you ever want to do? No. Yeah. Um, and again, this defense is unbelievable. Like this is uh, it's it's crazy. But defenses half the game. It's not the flashy part. It's not the fancy football part uh, that is dissected every day, every minute, every second. Um, I think you have to get if if you want to get back on the right track of consecutive playoffs starts with the quarterback yes teams without consistent quarterback play can make the playoffs and win a super bowl baltimore in 2000 uh but it starts with the quarterback and and if you want to get a you can draft whoever you want and more often than not they 
have to come here with very minimal uh, exceptions. But if you'd like a free agent, you have to convince them. And we're sitting here and we're fans and we haven't been convinced. And we we sign up for this. Why would anyone yeah. uh, who's seen it from the outside want to come here? Uh, and even if, you know, they're in Ron Rivera gets his guys to play hard. Uh, you very rarely hear about players who didn't like playing for him. Um, but again, it's okay. That's a coach. He's with us, but he doesn't make all the decisions. And ultimately these guys are see the, the noise about the teams and the, the bigger picture issues. And that's always going to circle back to the very tippy top. And so I won't say until he's gone, there will never be, they will never be successful because we don't know. It, all it takes is a quarterback. Um, but it is a, you know, two steps forward, a step and a half backwards all the time. And that makes people who are spending lots of money investing their, their free, their off time, their downtime, their family time to invest in you. And it's not that you're not a competent football team. It's that you're not a competent organization. Right. And that's hard to invest in football. You lose games all the time. Sports, you, you, you play bad sports games, whatever. But when it's an embarrassment, like when you're just, on the Metro and you're flipping through Twitter and that's where your team's embarrassing because of all the noise. Why would you ever want to support that? Right. Right. And, and you know, winning is a thing that will cure all of that. Um, because if, I don't know if you, I don't know how old you guys are. Uh, but I mean, I, I was, I was around for a good, a good chunk of Jack Kent cooks, the latter half of his, uh, his life and ownership of the team. And he was a hot, I mean, he was a tabloid mess. Like, he really? is like going really? some of the stories about that him and his, his crazy wife and just all the stuff that was going on. Like, you know, her jumping on the hood of his car and he see it right down. It. Like, it was nuts. It was, you know, his kids were crazy, you know, other than John, but he has some like, you know, his like 18 year old daughter when he was 82 years old or whatever, you know, she was not. So like, it was a hot mess, but people, people loved him because he was the squire because they won soups. But you know, if they'd never won any super bowls, you know, he would be just as big a disaster as, as Dan Snyder is. So winning will fix a lot. So figure it out, Dan. It's all. Yeah. And, and it's not just quarterbacks. The number of rookies that we've drafted in the last 10 years and then signed to second long-term contracts, you could probably count on two fingers because we just don't tend to turn player, you know, contracts over to keep people here as lifetime players, which is something I really don't like about this franchise too. It's hard to get attached to players because you know, they're not going to be here for a second contract, you know? It just, it, it bothers me. And, um, and the ones we do draft hoping to get a second contract, like Josh, Josh Doxson, yeah. uh, don't, don't turn out. You know, like I'd love to have, have had Trent Murphy for another three years. That would have been great. Right, right. Absolutely. That's part of the strategy though. Like you don't want to do that. You kind of, you know, you want to resign, you want to resign your big guns, but a lot of the, the mid-tier and bottom roster, those guys, there's a lot of turnover there because if they just, you know, you don't want to overpay for somebody yeah. who, you know, like a Trent Murphy, who you like, but you really, is he, you know, $16 million a year good, or is, you know, can you draft a Ryan Anderson behind him or whoever they drafted after him? So it's, you know, it, that's a hit or miss, but yeah, I mean, definitely you want to be able to keep your quarterback. You want to be able to keep, you know, hopefully we can resign Terry. Um, you know, some of those guys that are coming up, John Allen, I mean, honestly, even Brandon Sheriff, even though he's getting up there in years, I'd love to resign him. Um, hopefully that'll happen so that, that, you know, they can be lifelong, um, you know, Washingtonians, I guess is what we call them now, football teamers. I don't know. We got to get a name. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, like, I would love to see some like lifelong uh, football team players like Trent Williams could have been, but uh, Bruce Allen again, really starting to think he's the overarching villain. Hey, Troy, I want to, I'm going to wrap this up like this. 
Terry McLaurin needs a contract after this season, right? Because his deal is going to expire after next season. The top tier wide receivers in this league, I think the highest paid wide receiver is $27 million, which is DeAndre Hopkins. I think the rest of the top five are in the 20 to 23 million range. Are you giving Terry McLaurin that kind of money to stick around? I'm not. I think Terry McLaurin is great. I love watching him play football. Um, and I'm sure he might be worth $20 million, but some of it is, is in this environment, is he worth $20 million? And if we're just going to have a revolving door of quarterbacks, uh, if you haven't been able to figure that out, you're going to pay uh, him a lot of money uh, and then have him disgruntled. That will become an issue. Uh, I, do, do I want to keep him? Absolutely. Do, I think he is a top future top 15 every year top 10 if he's got a great year top five i think he's just outside the 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 digs and the the, um, the uh, hopkins of the world and the, the julio joneses um you got to overpay i don't know it's again chicken or the egg uh, you want other free agents to come here you need to have a superstar you want to have a superstar you got to pay your budding superstar so what are they going to do? I wouldn't pay him over 20 million. That just seems too much for him on this team. Um, is he worth it? Yeah, yes, I believe he is. Would I, if I'm in charge of the Washington football team right now? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Eric, what about you? Yeah, it's not my money. I'll pay him. Um, <laughs> I'll They'll figure it out. Salary caps and if anyway, we'll just give him, you know, sign him to a 25-year contract with 23 voidable years and it's all fixed. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with Troy. You got to figure out quarterback. Um, I, I really hope that they just they draft somebody this year um, and, and draft and sit them and develop. Uh, it doesn't have to be Trey Lance or you know Mac Jones. Please God no. Um, but somebody, uh, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, somebody in round two, day two, day three, just find somebody, let them develop. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, you give Heineke and Allen a shot. You're, I've said before, they're all three going to see the field this year because Fitzpatrick is, you know, his history is he doesn't play every game. He gets benched for poor play at some point. So you're going to see all those guys because uh, the other two will get hurt and, you know, get replaced. Um, but you got to figure out quarterback first. Um, but as far as Terry goes, yeah, I'd sign him. Okay. All right. Um, Troy, do we win the division? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a uh, eternal pessimist. Uh, okay. I also think that if Saquon is healthy, I like the Giants. Yeah. I know that's a bit a bit strange, but I the Cowboys won't be able to meet expectations with Dak's new contract. I just think that's uh, the the stress and pressure and Jerry Jones and of the world is just going uh, that they are going to fail to meet expectations. And this is this division's a revolving door every year. Yeah. Three teams are trash. Sometimes one team's good. Sometimes all four teams are trash, and one team's just not that trash. I like the direction the Giants are heading in, which is not a popular opinion, but I also think Saquon Barkley is, like, one of my favorite players to watch play football and is a freak. Uh, if he's healthy, I think that makes their offense uh, really, really uh, good in this really bad division. Yeah. yeah. Eric, you guys win in the division? Maybe. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah. Troy made a lot of good points. The Giants, they have improved. Um, and if Daniel Jones can get out of his own way, they could actually be very dangerous. Um, you know, they're going 2 0 against Washington because he turns into Joe Montana when they play Washington. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but, um, you know, I would love to, but 
I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like to look at, at patterns. I like to look at history and, you know, there's, you know, the NFC East winners just don't repeat. Um, Washington going back 20 years has never, you know, followed up a playoff season with an even respectable season. Um, hopefully that changes. I think the pieces are in place for that, to, for that to change. I wouldn't rule out playoffs. I'm not going to go all the way and say division. So I'm going to go 10 and seven and it sounds weird, but 10 and seven in a wild card is what I'm going to roll with. Oh, uh, that's weak. I'm going what uh we're gonna win the division i'm gonna say that i'm gonna be the true fan here and we'll go 12 and 5 and make it happen and saquon's not gonna get over it that now i'm lying <laughs> it's gonna be a competitive division with the eagles i don't think so but i think the cowboys will do okay like they usually do somewhere you know 500 or slightly above 500 and then i think you guys are spot on with the giants i do think we can edge that out my only thing that's hold me back on that is a quarterback you know you talked about fitzpatrick we it's i wish you to put a little bit more money in that position but i understand there's limitations in terms of who's available i like it guys thanks for joining if you're listening go follow the podcast uh washington football team declassified make sure you're locked in troy thank you for stepping in with us man we appreciate it yeah thanks for having me on this is fun all right buddy best of luck with everything you got going on man cool have a good one guys see you take care